Thank you. Oh, God. Someone else's podcast. Nobody wants to listen to us more than Kevin Smith. That's, that's for sure. Shut the fuck up so I can start this show. <laughs> Was that loud? <laughs> I, know, I don't do know why. Oh, I heard myself go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, been the human, sitting across the table from me. Travis Herman, Dr. T. Neal. And right to his left, James Odell, Alpha Spectre. Guys, like Sort of My Brand in our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics on Facebook. Subscribe to the Sort of My Brand YouTube channel and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. You've got to be listening to this somewhere. While here, why not like, comment, and most importantly, share? It's the only way we can get out in front of people. And all our personal social media is down in the description below. We can also get out in front of people if we go out into the stoplight. Well, well, yeah, that's one way to do it, but that's kind of an abrupt end to the <laughs> podcast right there. It's almost as bad as a uh, YouTube video not working, and then I was just giving up. Because yeah. that that's what we were about to do. A little peek behind the curtain. So guys, what have you been up to since uh, since our last recording? For, the whole schedule's been fucked up. My fault. Yeah. Totally my fault. But been reading. Not shit. I've been reading and making, making all kinds of projects, man. Been taking yeah, taking my time to read uh, a little on my other thing. What is it you were telling me? You wanted to uh, come over and show me something, or oh, I'm working or, on uh, to? my first art tutorial. I'm doing mm. a watercolor mm-hmm. tutorial for space, and you can find out like find an easy way to make it with just about any other materials within minutes. Cool. So there's a little bit of captioning. I narrated. I made the music myself. Hell did yeah. the editing. All and right. uh, yeah, it should be really good. Are you making your own uh, YouTube channel? Or are you gonna put that on? I already sort of have a YouTube channel. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. You do. Yeah. You have one video up. I have there, a right? time lapse, which I'm gonna yeah. take off and redo because uh, I learned all kinds of things about YouTube. Now I'm, I'm using a watermark right, and everything. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, maybe you and uh, sort of my brand ought to do a little crossover. There. Yeah, you know we're gonna get the brands branding. You know <laughs> we gotta we gotta link the brands. But, uh, I'm going to cross the streams. <laughs> we but, never uh, cross the streams, right? And uh, I also started uh, another project. I was working on a, a watercolor painting of Star-Lord versus Johnny Karate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We Well, we were talking about it on uh, episode 33. Did we talk about it? Yeah, okay. we were talking about that a little bit. I saw Death Wish. Went and saw that. On, I haven't uh, heard much about it besides yeah. you and uh, Bruce Willis. I had no <laughs> okay. idea. It was well, it's, it. a, it's a remake That's of a it. Charles Bronson film. From uh, the eighties, I think, or the seventies, maybe. Uh, anyways, uh, so probably like what two other people in the theater? Literally, <laughs> literally. Were Only you there? Two other people. Did, did you take annoying. those two people with? No, me? I went. Like when I got in the theater, there was no one, and I was so excited. I was like, "Fine, I get to see this by myself." I even uh, posted uh, on. The Portsmouth Day Cinema's Facebook post, they recently made one where they said, like, when you got the theater all to yourself and you realize the back of the seat in front of you <laughs> is another armrest. And I was oh. like, this is almost me if it hadn't been for those meddling kids and their, um, well, I guess just those meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, but, like, so they they get they come in and Vinny goes up to him, like, moves up a couple seats. He's like, 
So how much do you really know about Bruce Willis? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they were there to fool around, honestly. I think oh. It was a guy and a girl. I think they were there to fool around, but uh, and I couldn't make out what they were saying because I was trying to pay attention to the movie. But, but I feel like kind of they were comfortable with it. They kept getting up and leaving and then coming back and then getting up and leaving and coming back. It was just so, so annoying. The movie itself was eh. Bruce Willis is trying in this one, though. Like, you're getting some decent Bruce Willis in this one. This isn't like, we paid a million dollars to have you come in for a day and shoot, like, three minutes worth of footage so we could put you on our DVD cover. Bruce Willis. This is, I'm the star of the film. (laughs) I actually enjoy the idea of this movie. And basically what it is is um, uh, Bruce Willis is a doctor, a surgeon, and his family gets caught up in an, in an incident where there's a break-in in their home and the wife gets shot and the daughter goes into a coma and he uh how does the wife getting shot send the daughter into a coma no the daughter gets put into a coma through the events of that whole break-in situation gone bad like when is a break-in situation ever good I do. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Interior. Hospital. We enter Bruce Willis. Let me just read the fucking script to you real quick. (laughs) They they come in. uh, There's no cooperation. They fuck up the daughter and the wife. Like, you know, that's it. If they had not fucked around, like, and just let them steal the shit, it would have been okay. Yeah. Not saying that it was right for them to break in and steal the shit. I'm just saying, like, this <laughs> whole movie, movie could have been avoided just in that one moment. Well, there was about ten minutes to film there. <laughs> but the daughter, who Put is established to be a little rebellious, you know, doesn't see things that way, and she escalates the shit, and that's where we're at. And so Bruce Willis, growing throughout the film more less and less confident in the ability of the law to handle the situation decides to take it upon himself. And it's they they did the progression really well and stuff. The movie as a whole is okay. It's mm. just, you know, some of the pacing is bad. Some of the acting is bad. It's mm. not great. <laughs> but I like it. Guess you gotta be It's one of the better Bruce Willis films. Yeah. Okay. Of, of recent years. So. Okay. And, you know, speaking of films that people hate, uh, Justice League came up on our Facebook page recently. Yeah, and you are told you, me. Are you doing this? I'm not going to call <laughs> him out by name. I, I agree with you that we're above that, but someone on our Facebook page, I'm not going to see who, uh, after we posted about Catwoman, said that Catwoman was still better than Justice League, and no, it is fucking not. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I, like, ever yeah. since, like, starting to listen to Kevin Smith more, I'm trying to adapt his, like, positive outlook on, on movies and stuff like that, because, you know, we're all looking for a little entertainment. And so yeah. I try to find at least something positive about all superhero movies. There are two movies I've not been able to do that with. That is Catwoman. Can't find a single thing. Not scene to scene to scene. Can't find it. And Fan Four Stick. Fuck oh, both right of on. those movies individually. So you have things that you could say you like about the other Fantastic Four. Yes. That's oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty of things to just say about see, the other Just ones. making sure we... Even the 1994 one. Now, now my refusal <laughs> to see Van Forstick... Oh, don't. I just, there's nothing I'm not there wasting, for you. I'm not wasting yeah. my time on it that. It absolutely Now, would. I did see Catwoman, I think in theaters... Never saw it after that. <laughs> Probably never There is it. a positive to that movie. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. And that's the fact that Halle Berry is very scantily clad in this movie. Oh, oh go. okay. God damn it. Well, you got me there. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. But I, I challenged 
this guy to to give me a scene by scene comparison and be like, just just give me two scenes scene by scene, like explain yourself <laughs> and and let me know how Catwoman is better than Justice League, and he has to come back to us. So so boom. By proxy, I win. I'd say there, there's, <laughs> no. there's tons no, of no, people no. out there throwing out their two cents without yeah, really putting much thought but into it. But this is or... just one of those situations where it's hate for hate's sake. Yeah, like, oh, that's yeah, what I'm saying. They're just throwing it around. Yeah. Like, they honestly really don't care because they obviously don't know very much about it. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't uh, an articulated... Uh, I mean, it wasn't that popular. But yeah. you know what was popular? <laughs> On our Facebook page, at least... We had, like, okay, this is a record for 6,000 fucking shares on this. Or 6,000 people reached, like, 10 shares. Like, a lot, like, this, that's big for us. I know those are piddly bullshit numbers compared to other people. But for us, that's pretty goddamn yeah, good. Take that, Facebook. We've never seen 12,000 people reached in a week. But that was our post about the Jason Voorhees at the bottom yeah. of that uh, Michigan lake. Yeah. Uh, apparently someone put that down there years ago. Uh, popular spot for divers, and it has since like rusted and gotten really creepy and shit. <laughs> it looks awesome. You can go to Sword of My Comics to check that out, but we should really get into the news. So let's go ahead and start getting into uh, the various stories we want to cover. And I think uh, teasers and trailers is a good place to start because there were quite a few. Okay. Yes, Again, the schedule's been fucked up, so there is shit built up. First thing we've got is the Cobra Kai teaser. This one uh, actually opens up with Danny asking uh, the question, why reopen Cobra Kai? And we actually found that out on the, on our episode where we covered this the first time when they first announced it. And that is uh, because uh, Johnny has been down on his luck. You know, right. things haven't been going great for him. Uh, in the meantime, Danny LaRusso has become like a successful businessman and stuff. He was knocked down in his prime. Yeah. You know, like... Before he gets his ass kicked, yeah. was his prime. And you kind of have like kind of a, a flip of uh, a, a little role reversal yeah. here because now Danny's the one on top and, and Johnny's the one. Like, He's still a good guy. So. Yeah. Johnny's the one taking it from behind. Yeah. So uh, so that uh, that answers our question right there, Danny. We know why he's opening it. Yeah. <laughs> he needs it. He needs it like I need this podcast. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, Johnny is down on his luck. Uh, the the teaser is a, a bit more dramatic than the show is actually intended to be. Again, when we covered it before, we uh, they said it was going to be a comedy. I feel like um, it could still be shot dramatically like that. Like, yeah, uh, well, it, it can be shot dramatically while being a comedy. I'm just saying that this teaser, this the first one anyways, definitely oh, yeah. conveys total drama. Yeah, it had a yeah. different vibe there. Wasn't that a Disney show? So, uh, Total Drama Island. <laughs> I actually once wrote a skit called Total Drama Bathroom because of that. <laughs> Never filmed it, but... Tune yeah, in to that podcast. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. Remember, if it's... Bathroom. Oh, my God. That could be a great if podcast. it smells like podcast. <laughs> no, that... It tastes that's like a, podcast. That's a radio podcast. show. Like, we... That's going to be a flyer. There you go. We we turn that into just a radio, a weekly radio show. Oh God, the adventure would be great. We just record it in a Kroger bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what do you, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I showed you guys the second trailer to the little uh, wax on wax off joke at the end. Got uh, that got a lot of hee hees, you know. You got a you got a, cu- a little light chuckle in the yeah, room. I like yeah. that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's about the extent. Oh, like from the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, like the movie. Some of, some of the shots in the 
in these teasers were were pretty good. Like the the spin kick on the log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the angle of that training sequence. Yeah, like stuff. that was cool. Just like the squaring up of them in the dojo, mm-hmm. like at the very end of it. Yeah, that's you could cool. you could feel the that's tension powerful. there. Like yeah. I I feel like this movie has more of a making to be. Well, this is a show. It's not a movie. Oh yeah. Boy, you're freaking minded. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a okay. show on YouTube Red. Okay, well then they can take this multiple different directions all at the same time. Yeah, like, because they have that. Ash vs. Evil Dead did great making like this whole new branched off thing. I feel like you know they totally could. Yeah, like they can something. have all of these really dramatic elements, like a lot of what we got from the movies. Mm-hmm. They can incorporate those comedic elements, like you know I don't give a shit how you wash my window. Yeah. I get really timid <laughs> about watching something that's turned into a show from something that you you know you cherish. Because you don't know how it's going to stretch exactly, out. Yeah. How it's going to feel stretch out. Because that's a different format for writing and all that. Like, your characters would be talking differently. However, than they would, yeah. in, in this day and it's age, we, like, we're, we're in a golden age of, of television right now. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, Everything's like, possible. <laughs> like, Well, I mean, I, it's just so many things are, are getting greenlit now. And just yeah. so many things are on the table. That if they handle this well, and they, they don't treat it like a total comedy, like you yeah. said. They don't go like full like sitcom with it, but yeah. shot like a drama. But introduce comedy where it's needed... And instead, focus on the yeah. turmoil of these characters and the the where their lives have taken them. Yeah, I think this could be really successful. Yeah. I think the trailer definitely conveys that. It looks like that's what the trailers got me interested. The, the trailers sure. are much more intense than I think what I was initially led to believe the show was going to be. Yeah. I was thinking super sitcom. It was, it was going to be a lot <laughs> like just your like your stereotypical tongue sitcom in, tongue yeah. in cheek jokes everywhere you yeah. know and, and it'll have like the the heartwarming moment at the end of every so many episodes <laughs> of it's all right champ you tried your best um i don't know i i think if they plan for just one season and they they cap this one off well whether they get a second one or not uh, is here well, if they if they plan for one yeah. season they played it out that way then this yeah. this could work so i think we'll uh we'll go ahead and move on to the the next teaser on our uh, list, which is Wreck-It Ralph 2. And uh, just before we get into it, uh, let's explain that uh, Odell and I, well, actually all three of us just before yeah. recording, watched what I had watched, which Travis had mistakenly posted to yes. the, the Facebook page on Sword of My Comics. And uh, that is a weird fucking trailer. I can't make any sense was- of yeah. It was cut between, like, a bookend of something that had actually been produced by Pixar and right. something that was recorded by a fan on a cell phone yeah. <laughs> at, like, a, three a of convention them, or something. Yeah, it was at least, like, three different uh, teasers from different yeah, conventions. Yeah, So, instead of us really discussing it too much, we're going to let Travis describe the trailer and yeah. his thoughts on I it. Because he saw the actual one. We yeah. haven't yet. It was really good. Um, It continues where the last movie left off. Which we also haven't yes. seen. But for those who know, <laughs> they're in an arcade. And, um, like, how much farther can you go from there? Well, in the second movie, the old man who runs the arcade gets a computer and he plugs it into the same power strip. This gives them access to go into the Wi-Fi. And so now, uh-huh. Ralph and Vanellope, the two characters, played by Sarah Silverman and 
John C. Riley. Wait a minute, Sarah Silverman's in this thing? Yeah, Vanellope. Like, I would have awesome. watched it so much sooner oh, if I'd have I known Sarah Silverman. I love Wrecker Ralph so much, yeah. man. I walked around the past two years saying, man, I really wish they'd make a sequel to this. <laughs> and then I go online just browsing, and I see an article from 2016 yeah. that said they're going to make Wrecker Ralph 2. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, the trailer showed a lot of sh- scenes of them like moving past avatars and stuff like that like little people were walking around and that had to be people that are on the internet yeah you would see like kind of like stores or outlets for like stuff like imdb and all kinds of <laughs> stuff like that and i'm really hoping that they bring a lot of the video game stuff still with them kind of like uh what they did in futurama when they went into yeah. the internet yeah 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 i hope they I, I hope they still bring the video game stuff with them though because yeah. um in the last movie you got cameos from like Cuber, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, because he uh, was like a Donkey Kong era, yeah, type cabinet character. And, and this yeah. this arcade's been around for a while, so there's like a Dance Dance Revolution How? character. The arcades don't survive anymore unless you right. serve beer in them. Well, I don't know when that's supposed <laughs> to take place either, but um, I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah, we have been to a bar. Yeah, the we 16, went to a bar. The eight bit, sixteen bit uh, bar in arcade. Oh, it was sixteen. How yeah, many yeah. bits was that bar? <laughs> It was the a sixteen bit bar and arcade in yeah. uh, Columbus. We had a great time there, by the way. Yeah, check go it out there if you ever get a chance. The menu is hilarious. Yes, the Macho yeah. Man Randy Savage drink has a slim. And they're playing eighties and nineties movies on the TVs all the time. So, but anyways, right. yeah. So uh, that sounds pretty interesting. It uh, is going to be awesome. I really do need to get around to record, Ralph. It's uh, it's not like I've been like, oh no, fuck that movie. It was just had I come down the pike. I was uh, hanging out with a friend uh, when it came out, and we seen it on, like, uh, the Wii. So I was like, yeah, definitely buy that so we can watch that right now. And I was not disappointed. I don't care if I'm an adult who's, like, you know. Well, yeah, I know it's beloved. It's also not one of those things where it's, like, it's got some obscure hate for it or anything. It's just just a good movie that uh, went by the wayside for me. But something I have seen, the, the first film of and i'm hoping everyone at the table has too is incredibles Ooh, and we got an incredibles whoa you know what that is that's the better fa- <laughs> that's the best fantastic four movie ever made <laughs> where's my super suit <laughs> where is my super suit that's uh, such a great film oh, yeah. uh and it doesn't look like the uh second movie is going to fall far behind because just just from this teaser trailer that uh, i've watched it five times today we were all laughing when we watched it before <laughs> recording i'm loving this thing and uh one of the things that i i caught from it was it looks like uh maybe costumed heroes are starting to become outlawed because they said it's illegal at the dinner yeah scene and everything yeah but that leads them to hooking up with this guy played by uh, Better Call Saul's... Oh, um... Bob God, Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk, yes. Yeah. Who is trying to rebrand heroes to get them back in the limelight and stuff. Which means uh, Mr. Incredible is stuck being a stay-at-home dad. Oh, yeah. I think for for... All three of us, we can relate to at least some of these situations. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the the dinner scene where the kid is quoting the uh, TV something he saw the on commercial. TV, and yeah, Mister Incredible's like, what? <clears throat> Wait, what? what? I don't know. I saw it on TV. <laughs> um, the uh, the 
changed math thing. I've personally gone through that. With <laughs> you my don't son. change math. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, seriously, I was showing him this bracket method that I had worked at in school. My teachers had, had taught me and everything. And uh, he was like, "That's not how our teachers show us." And I was like, "Well, show me how your teachers want you to do it." And he was like, "Well, I can't really remember it." And I was like, "Well, then we're fucking learning my way." Right. <laughs> I was like, "I don't know the other way." And then there's that scene where um. He's falling asleep while reading the book. <laughs> yes. And the yes. kid just like taps his face and he wakes up. Oh my he god. Slurring his Maybe not so much a uh, sentient one year old like tapping the face so nonchalantly, but I've definitely been there. Uh, oh, yeah. my daughter. While At least a story. She's two years old. She mm. does stuff like that. So, oh, <laughs> not, I don't know how old Jack is like, supposed to be in this one, but he's definitely developed in this movie. Like, yeah. When. He's like, I can't just feed him cookies all day. Oh, and like, Jack turns into the monster. Screaming yeah. at each other. Like, I mean, this is almost like us talking. Like, this is how great the trailer is. It's almost as if we saw the movie and now we're gushing over everything yeah. that happened well, in it. Like, that's kind of how our reviews go. Oh, and they're, de- they're coming back from, like, they're bringing a lot of, like, uh, un resolved like characters from the first movie yeah yeah so the underminer's uh, coming back and i think he's like one of the main villains yeah i think uh, I, I can't remember but i i think i read or i heard it in a podcast or something where yeah he he is supposed to be the main villain of this one yeah i think they de- defeat him really quick at like the very beginning of the first movie yeah, yeah. So, kind of like uh, how they did with like spider-man with rhino you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he gets taken yeah. out of the picture. The Amazing and then, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, and yeah. then they focus on the other character. But, like, I like how they brought the Underminer back. It was just a really clever title. I like yeah. Um, I, I don't think we have anything to fear from this one. This is going to be a great one. Oh, I, yeah. I've already suggested we go see this for a sort of our review episode. Uh, it's it's going to be good. They've got my money already. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you guys, but they, they definitely got my yeah. money. Another thing, I, I don't... No, if I'll have to throw my money on it, because I still don't know how Freeform works, but <laughs> Cloak and Dagger had Looks another cool as shit. had another trailer come out. They've had they've had quite a few different like little yeah. one minute trailers, but this one is titled Parallels, and I think this is the best one yet. This yeah. one is aptly titled because it really does show the similarities and differences between Tandy and Tyrone, uh, whether it's their Tandy. their character. Mm-hmm. Yep, Tandy and Tyrone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last man on earth. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I nice reference. Yeah. Uh, but it, no, yeah, it shows their uh, their contrast. I'm going to only... make the mashup trailer of that later. <laughs> 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 There's no Tyrone in that show, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. Oh, well. Anyways, <laughs> further on to my point. They they show the contrast between the their character of person, their powers. Like, just, their lives in Their general. lives in general, yeah. And mm. it, it really is... Um, and I mean contrast. It's black and white. It's literal like, yeah. to these characters. I mean, and, they're and yin it, and yang. It, it's, it's not one of those, like... You, you hear that and you think stereotypically. If you know anything about the characters, though, you know that it's the farthest thing from that as possible. Yeah. Because, like, in fact, like, these go well against, like, your your stereotypical notions. Yeah, of... they really are, in the comics, they're really two halves of a whole. Yeah. And uh, this one seems like uh, two parallel magnets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, it does. It, it kind of seems that way. They are being drawn to each other like magnets. Yeah. yeah. Either way, that was looks, a good reference. That that is really good. We, yeah. we did really good. That was really smart of us. Let's uh, everyone just pat <laughs> yourselves on the yeah. back real quick. There you go. 
<laughs> now the show looks really cool. Uh, the further we get into this ad campaign, the more excited I get for it. Um, I really hope it's just not another streaming service that I got to get. Maybe hopefully, like Freeform is an app I can just download, like ABC or the CW, yeah. and watch the latest episodes. Um, I'm more than willing to give them that legitimate view. I'm just, I got Netflix, I got Hulu. That's that's all I'm willing to do. And I'm I'm bumming off a of Bob for the Netflix. <laughs> Bob Fett's my Netflix guy. Right. So uh, hit him up if you need to connect. <laughs> just email him at. Uh, hey, can I use your Netflix? Who's on sort about podcasts giving out your Netflix password? <laughs> well, the app yeah. is free, but I don't know if uh, you have to pay for the service or not. Yeah, there, there are a few. It's it's um, misleading. Because I was looking into it today with um, uh, HBO. They had uh, uh, one thing that was like HBO, and then there's HBO Go, which is the There's HBO for, yeah. Now and HBO Go. Yeah. There are yeah. so few differences between the is, two, I'm not sure why Is that where you exist. go around catching HBO characters? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> HBO Go. Hold on a minute. I got, there's a Jon Snow nearby. <laughs> Hold up. Hold on. I gotta go shut this door. There's a Hodor. <laughs> yeah um no but the show looks great one thing that's not shaping up to be great though is the uh, warner brothers batgirl film now this this yeah. requires a little bit of storytelling here so uh uh basically what happened was joss whedon told the hollywood reporter about two weeks ago that he was stepping down from the batgirl film stating it took me months to realize i had no story uh didn't really have a story, if I'm quoting him exactly. Uh, which, he actually had similar problems with this back when he was writing the Wonder Woman film. He stepped away from it because he couldn't come up with anything that felt right. But uh, last year, he he did have his infidelity moment where it came out that he'd been cheating on his wife a whole lot. So maybe, maybe this move is more motivated by that. And um, at the same time, he is stepping back to do... Um, Dark Horse's Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. series is doing oh. season 12 uh, of the comics for that. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, so we're, so we're left with this whole thing where who, who are they going to replace him with? There, there are plenty of female directors and writers. Patty Jenkins of uh, yeah, I was gonna saying, say, yeah, she first stated, and foremost, like, that's who I thought Well, of. she already said she has a great idea for it. Yeah, she's, she's already willing to come to the table, but it looks like... Warner Brothers is not really interested anymore. Without Whedon, they've put it on the back burner with just, Gotham City Sirens. Like, this just occurred to me. Uh, I recently saw where there are... Like, there have recently been talks of Warner Brothers selling selling off if, like, some sort of merger with AT&T doesn't go through. Really? Yeah, like, there, there's some sort of merger that if it doesn't go through, <laughs> like, DC rights could be... Oh, right? We're gonna see Disney jump in. Disney's like, I'll take those, <laughs> I'll take those off your hands. I want it. Don't get me wrong. I want. It. Look what they did with Marvel. But they're wow. just gonna have to put Batman and Spider Man in the same movie. Like, like, but keep in mind, like this was one of those. I would like, love to see. That. I was, I, I was that, scrolling so. through. I saw like someone in the group I'm in share this. I wow. saw the headline. I'm like. Yeah. I don't know if that would ever actually happen or not because Warner Brothers and That's DC solid. go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, they with they've each other. been together since uh, 
the dawn since of the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, the seventies. Warner Brothers produced the uh, oh yeah the Superman film. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if it goes back any further than that, but yeah. So, so they they've I at least know. got like a fifty year partnership. I don't so know far. if like Warner Brothers is hurting that bad, or if this is all just like hearsay between. You know, well, or in Hollywood or something like that. One part, one of me, uh, of me doesn't want to believe that because you know it's Warner Brothers, DC again. Like you said, they go hand in hand. But at the same time, the way that they have handled this and the entirety of their DC films lately just I mean, is so sporadic and and well, just random that, that I I could believe this. Yeah, and, yeah. and you got to think though. Some of their movies have done well, despite what like people say. You know, the movie's budget versus box office well, take yeah. home is good, but then <clears> some <throat> of them, you know, they kind of hemorrhage money. Well, I, I, I think we mentioned this on an earlier episode, but uh, they were calling, they were already calling Justice League a commercial mm-hmm. failure, like a, a maybe a month in. And uh, they'd already made. They, I think they were what, like a like hundred times. I think they were uh, no, a hundred million away from their projected goal, but they had already made back their money. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> it, I, and again, that just seems like such a random, chaotic mindset to have. Like, oh, this is a huge failure. No, it's not like you made thirty-two million off of your three hundred dollar, uh, three hundred million dollar film. Right. You made you, all your you money did, back. You did the opposite of that you made like 300 mil off of a 30 mil film oh no they made more than that oh, and yeah with, I, I, I don't have the specific numbers in front of me but, but yeah still, like they made they made their money. money yeah they made their money um and they again they just can't seem to to make things work or move in the right way and they, they just keep picking they, projects at random they need deadpool's ad campaigner I mean, our our what our third film in the in the franchise was Suicide Squad. Who the fuck wanted that before yeah. Aquaman or The Flash or Green Lantern? Oh, I, I, I would say, definitely like, see a Batgirl movie. They're like, oh yeah, being a part of yeah, being a part of some of the and especially starting characters. Uh, you, know. you put Patty on that from Wonder yeah. Woman. This just sounds like a horrible move on on Warner Brothers' part because of how well Wonder Woman went. How like. Marvel finally making deciding to make a uh, Black Widow uh, movie, even though they're claiming it's not sparked by Red Sparrow, and Red Sparrow claiming they're not inspired by Black or uh, Black Widow. Everyone's full of shit there. <laughs> but the point is, is that we are seeing this push for female hero. Uh, stories in well, film. And like, we got Captain Marvel coming up soon. We got Captain Marvel is, is shaping up to be pretty cool so far. I, I like the fact that she's in the Kree colors yes. at least that we've seen yes. because that just means that we're going to get that deeper backstory. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think this is a really stupid move on Warner Brothers' part. Yes. We need a Batgirl film. Oh, yeah. it, it, it would be really cool because we've got Batman. Yeah. We've got Batman films. The stories work out plenty. Uh, even like even uh, the Lego Batman movie. I always mm-hmm. go back to that. Uh, Batgirl was <laughs> great in that movie. I love the way it fit together. But uh, like, just speaking to live action, and you then, know the two Batgirls we have live action? Mm-hmm. We've got mm-hmm. Birds of Fucking Prey, oh, yeah, which is just sad. Uh, except for the costume. The costume, the Batgirl costume, <laughs> that looks amazing. But <laughs> And then we've got Alicia Silverstone in Batman oh, and Robin. Oh yeah, that's right. That's all we got. And Yvonne Craig, too, who was great. But we need a decent yeah. fucking Batgirl story on screen. 
the uh, the best one we've gotten, I think, is like the Arkham games, maybe. Yeah. And the animated. Yeah. Um, I was say, yeah, killing though, joke. That's what like, I was killing thinking. joke. But then again, like they they went off the rails for that. Yeah, they had, they went outside the source so, material to put that together, and it came out good. But yeah. uh, you know, these little girls are gonna see this. And like, feel, yeah. just like Wonder Woman, give us like our Batgirl Wonder Woman movie. And if anything, this, don't this do could Killing be, Joke. At least, you know, <laughs> if anything, this could be, be a, a more start. <laughs> relatable character because Wonder Woman is, is an Amazonian. She's yeah. got these powers and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I loved Wonder Woman after seeing Batman. Yeah, Batgirl is not that though. Batgirl is. Uh, someone who followed a symbol. Batman set a precedent. Some of it's sad. Some of it's pretty. Pretty awesome. Yeah, she does uh, some good. But Batman, Batman set a precedent, and her father, being Jim Gordon, uh, made her see what the Gotham was made of, and she decided to step in and do something. Yeah, you know that is a relatable character right there. Yeah, maybe not as relatable as John McClane, but uh, you know, <laughs> you relate so much to John McClane. I will dump your beer on your head. <laughs> John McClane is the every man in a terrorist situation. Goddamn! Just so you know, he no, no. John McClane is the one in a million in a terrorist situation. Are are you telling me? He's that one in a million. Are you both? Oh God! You both. Are you telling me that in a terrorist hostage situation, you're gonna be the one crawling through ductwork, (laughs) shooting these guys like silently taking them out? Any of us? I never said say whether we would or not. And I'm not going to say why, but there is a specific part of my background that would lead me to believe that there is a potential I might try to strike out. But True. Okay, again, I, I don't want to say what. I'm too fat to fit through ductwork, <laughs> so unless I can like get a gun from a guy that's like walking by me and use him as a human shield. If there's a gun on the cake cart. <laughs> Maybe you'll grab it. If that dessert cart goes <laughs> by, by, depends on what pies on there. Like if I have to choose between you know, freshly no. made eclairs and a gun, I don't know. You put raspberry pie on that cart. I might not save the That's, day at all. <laughs> I mean, there is a dessert on that cart for everyone to be like, "I'm taking the dessert, not the gun." So somehow we gun. got here from Batgirl. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, me. Take the dessert, but not the gun. <laughs> you can't cut that. Nope. It's all going in. It's all right there. One thing, though, that is going well for a DC property, uh, and a Marvel property, uh, property actually, and, and this is all speculation. Before we get really deep into it, this is all specula- uh, speculation, but recently it seems like uh, DC and Marvel are kind of hitting at something with their comic books. Um Again, a little story is necessary for this. It all started a few weeks ago in uh, Marvel's Infinity Countdown Prime number one, which is a prelude to the upcoming event they've got going on. You know, the one, how they have a a new event every week. (laughs) In which there's a moment with three images of three Captain Marvels, Carol Danvers, Monica Rambeau, and uh, Marvell, all in possession of the Reality Stone. Then, just off to the right of the page, is a partial image of a very familiar recolored costume belonging to someone once known as Captain Marvel. Uh, there's no mistaking that this is DC's Shazam over there. It, you recognize the pattern scheme and everything, even right. though it's like blue and red. Uh, you, you get what it is. And if anything, making him blue and red like that is kind of a nod towards Superman himself. Yeah. 
Then, in this past week's issue of Action Comics 998, um, as Superman Booster Gold and Booster Gold's robotic companion Skeets are traveling through the time stream, Booster Gold refers to Skeets as Alfred. And when Skeets protests, uh, Booster says, Not like I can call you Jarvis, whole other timeline. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, with DC's Multiversity just, like, what, a year or so ago confirming that there are multiple multiverses in the DC Universe, uh, I think it's kind of safe to say at this point they share a multiverse. Like, they are one and the same as far as that goes. Again, like, nothing has been stated by any representative of the companies, and this is all just within, like, a three-week period, I want to say. So, it's all still pretty fresh, but, I mean, it's not the first time we've seen the the companies crossover. They've done epic crossovers in the past. I Uh, have 12, or 13 of the Amalgam comics. Yep, yep, they've done the Amalgam uh, uh, watermark as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, personally, I think it's just too coincidental. Like, Marvel doing the nod to Shazam, that's one thing. Especially because Marvel and DC have this whole history with their character's name of legal battles and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but then just two weeks later, like, uh, DC referencing Jarvis, referencing uh, referencing the Marvel multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, kind of seems. Obviously, this character is aware. Yeah. Uh, he's Booster and Booster Gold, being the time cop he is, yeah. if you don't know, uh, is would know this type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you guys think about this? What, uh, any excitement? Do you I'm guys down. have any predictions uh, could, what this could lead to? It could prove to be interesting. like yeah. Especially if it does, like we're thinking, and I'm sure we're all hoping, leads into another one of these Marvel-DC crossover events. Yes. Even, even if it's something like... A four issue mini of some sort. I don't like, think they will though. Really? I don't know why. Yeah. I feel like they. Uh, I don't know. Just doesn't seem the cards. Maybe. But. I I think it's totally on the table. Um, I I don't really like with Jeff Johns planning all of this Doomsday Clock stuff and the Rebirth story yeah. that he's been rolling out. Um, I don't think it's at the forefront, but with them having that kind of working relationship in the past, um, them stating just in recent years, I remember reading the article where uh, I think it was a Marvel executive stated there is no beef with DC, there's no comic war going on or anything. And now this, in in the same month, it's totally on the table. And with DC performing as well as they are, Marvel, God, Marvel, you're fresh start event going on right now you just eight times in six years eight times restarting your universe six in six years that's too much that's too much i get that there's a kind of running joke about comic book characters never dying and comic books always resetting but fuck marvel you're living up to that stereotype they're making it a little more noticeable huh well it's not even they're living up to the stereotype they're just becoming the stereotype they are setting a precedent for the stereotype it's like so this could really help their sales. This could really bring them they're a little the, back into favor. They're in the middle of pitching like the story and everything, and there's just a button at the <laughs> end of the table is a reset button. He slaps <laughs> it like we're done. The whole fat, like the whole building's like and, throwing throwing everything <laughs> away, starting new. Yeah, start fresh, guys. Why? Why not? 
<laughs> One thing, though, that has been going well for Marvel is Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, with Dan Slott leaving for uh, Iron Man and his creative, creative team leaving, we were all actually kind of a little worried that the book would I was, fall into chaos. I was quite worried about like who was going to take over and now well, I'm not. Yeah, you uh, yeah, we we can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Um because as part of Marvel's new fresh start thing that we were just groaning about because the, even though this is a thing still groan worthy <laughs> because they're just taking most of their the books they just renumbered and they're setting them back to number 1. <laughs> um so, of course, a new team had to, to take over the book with them doing this whole fresh start. And uh, we're very happy to say that writer Nick Spencer, the man responsible for Secret Empire, also known as the drop of water in a drought of quality Marvel events, <laughs> uh, and artist Ryan Otley, the acclaimed illustrator of the indie sensation Invincible for the past 15 years, will be taking over as the new visionaries for Peter Parker and the gang. I am so fucking ready for yeah. this. Yeah, this looks this looks good, especially after finding out of, about Nick Spencer. Mm-hmm. Ryan Otley was alright. I was like, okay, alright, that's fine. But, like, you need a good story. Like, the yeah. art can only do so much. Like, if the art is telling a shitty story, it's still a shitty story. Yeah. Like, that team... Like just having those two names on on a book, and that book just so happens to be fucking Spider Man. Yeah, like <laughs> there is no reason to not be excited. About I mean, this. Uh, Nick Spencer took Captain America and turned him Hydra and made everyone buy it and made mm-hmm. it work. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. so so I'm just n- totally excited for this. Um, Honestly, there's not much I could think of that they could do with Spider-Man that hasn't already been done. But then again, I'm not writing I mean, these. There's, there's a reason I'm not a writer at Marvel. Well, so. I mean, like just based on some of the artwork and and seeing like the some of the directions they're taking him, he's a bit younger. So, which so, is a bad idea. Well, I'm I'm not saying like he's a high schooler, yeah. but I'm saying like. And the, it didn't really look that well, old in Dan okay. Slott's run. Right. Well, you gotta think, in Dan Slott's run, he was well into his 30s. He's in his mid-30s, yeah. This is my guess, based on, like, the cover of today's, actually. Uh, oh, today was Free today? Comic Book Day. Oh, okay. Uh, he did a cover for it and all that. This was, like, one of their reveals. And here he is slinging through, and he's got a, a half-eaten donut attached to a part of a web slinging behind him. <laughs> Coffee in one hand. Like, the mask is half up. You can see him chewing, eating the donut. Like, it seems like it's already off to a lighthearted start, mm-hmm. which I think, especially after everything that's been going on in Dan Slott's run with the older, more mature Peter Parker, going back to some of the lighthearted fun of, like, a college-age Peter Parker. What I think you mean to say is not that it's going to be a younger Peter Parker, but it's going to feel like a more fresh, energetic story. Yes. Uh, Because, I mean, they haven't, like, said that they're like, you know what, just forget everything, we're going to start back in this character's 20s. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because that would be random and... 
you know, kind and of, again, it is Marvel. Fresh it is start. Marvel. I yeah, I could I could believe that, but <laughs> but usually they need to collide two worlds together and have the Fantastic Fours become gods who create the universe to do something like that. So yeah, I don't think they're gonna reset the whole universe this time. No, around. they usually need some convoluted thing like that. But no. I don't see it being a full reset. But I see it like. I can see some retcons coming. Well, I also, uh, well, I don't want that, and I also don't want to just, like, the, the cover of number one alone leads me to believe that we're going to retread ground we've seen done a hundred times before. Oh, sure. I think in the post, when I when I shared this to the Sword of My Comics page on Facebook, which you can like right now. <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> at this very moment. Anyways, yeah, uh, well... Uh, no, I I said, uh, how many number ones is this for Spider-Man now? And it seems like every time we started in number one, we, we go through the same old stuff again. Oh, here's the Rhino. Oh, here's the Vulture. Oh, here's Mysterio. It didn't, it's just the same shit over and over again, which, you know, you're, you're going to get from a lot of heroes. But with Spider-Man, like, so many of the definites that have been made in his continuity, it shouldn't be that easy to just retread these these people and that's what i love so much about dan slot's run is he found so many creative ways to restart these stories the way he restarted uh the green goblin uh with norman osborne just was such a journey for that character he played it out so well i don't want to just drop into the middle of brooklyn and oh there's the rhino doing his whole thing what the fuck is he doing here though because of what fucking happened you know, it's a uh, classic comic yeah. book kind of. It's just, yeah, it's just one of those things where I don't want them to be lazy about it either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we'll just we'll just have to wait and see when uh, when that book comes out, uh, which I think I had a note here for. No, I don't. Well, just I'm never pretty mind. I'm pretty sure that this Spider-Man run is at least gonna hit 800 before. Yo, yeah, they already have plans for issue yeah. 800. That but, makes sense. That's Marvel. Uh-huh. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and switch gears here and talk about uh, the video game world. Uh, what? Well, let's talk about video games, and it's not injustice. <laughs> what? Uh, we're actually talking about a local video game made yeah. right here in Southern Ohio, Portsmouth, Ohio. If you didn't know, that's where we're located. Now you can find us and yeah, well, bring us beer. Well, yeah, well, I don't know about that, dude. I got plenty of beer right here. I don't need stalker beer. <laughs> or maybe would, I need soccer beer. I don't would know. you turn down soccer beer? I don't think I would. Here's a beer. Would you turn down any beer? <laughs> if it was already open. <laughs> if it was already open, I might reconsider that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some hometown boys, Andy Fenton and Derek Bradley, have been cooking up a little video game titled Devontule. Uh, that they say is a modern fusion of Western and Japanese strategy role-playing games. The synopsis of which states, Bevantile is a tactical role-playing game that occurs primarily on the surface of the continent of Onyich, uh, a vast and isolated landmass surrounded by a central ocean known as the Inner Sea. Discovered some 1,500 years ago by refugees fleeing their own war-torn homeland, it quickly becomes clear that, despite its welcoming appearance, on each harbors dark and deadly secrets that were presumably left alone for a good reason. And that's based off a true story, isn't it? Didn't oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you didn't mention that. Whoa, think. wait a minute. No, are you serious? It Was that? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they got an inspiration 
for uh, their story from actual uh, some actual historical events. I I can't remember. I don't uh, remember that in the article that I read, but there are, there are a few out there. Um, oh. Actually, the article I read said that the the team who met and bonded in the third grade yeah. over video games um, said that the combat style is actually inspired uh, by games like Ogre Battle. And the story and character customization were influenced by games like Final Fantasy or Xenogears. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, like, they're bringing a lot of really good classic video game elements in. Like, games that we grew up loving, well, styles that we grew up loving. It's coming yeah. from two guys who used to come home from school every day and stack their TVs on top of each other. Yeah. And they would play two different... Um, they would RPGs. play two different RPGs at the same time and, like... They're just born and raised off classic video games. Yeah, these are guys who have a love for yeah. the market and and what they're doing. And they, yeah. I mean, they've they've been writing this stuff since high school. Like yeah. uh, it, it started as a story. In fact, on their Kickstarter page, uh, like certain price points would get you a copy of that original story, like the actual oh. book of. Bavangio, which I'm, I I know I'm butchering it. I know they they said it in the video watch, which I watched several times hours ago, and for some reason I'm still butchering it. So if you guys are listening, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, I may also be wrong about the inspiration, but uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm not sure where that's. I I read the Portugal Daily Times article and I skimmed their uh, Kickstarter page, which oh. I'm sad to say uh, they didn't make their goal. Unfortunately, this last Thursday. Oh was the uh, the the date for it and they only hit 30,000 wow. of their $50,000 goal. That's where it was at when I uh, read about it in the article. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think it was like 20 or 25,000 oh. in the article at that time and Which now it's up to uh, is, yeah. That's surprising. I mean, it got tons of shares. It seemed like a mm. lot of the networking like at least within our area uh, this game was going pretty viral. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of people what? were talking about it. Uh, it got a lot of shares just from our page. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the guys uh, actually commented on our on oh. our post about it. Yeah, yeah. because I, I tagged uh, the Facebook page and everything in the post and stuff. Oh, nice. Because uh, we're always glad to help out local stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. I shared it on my uh, Simple Interesting Visions, the art page, yeah. and uh, it got 10 shares off of there. And that's uh, rare usually for most of my stuff on there. Yeah, um... It's unfortunate that they didn't hit their goal, but what I would like to do is, right here on this podcast, I would like to invite them to come in for an interview with us and tell us what their plans are further from here, because this this seemed to be like a big yeah. uh, lichpin for them. And uh, they now had a that goal, it's, yeah. it didn't get reached, but what's next? What's next? Exactly. I would love to hear their ideas because these can't, guys have been dedicated to this thing. Can't stop for, there. For so long that, yeah, this this can't be the end of it. There's yeah. no way. They've got so much work done. And when you watch the video, you see that there's so much detail in this thing. And it's oh, apparently yeah. a huge, vibrant world with a lot of side quests. It and, was going to start on, a, what, uh, Linux... Uh, Mac and uh, well, I think it's just all your yeah, your basic PC. PC options. And they they even had the plans. Yeah, to go to uh, yeah, they consoles. they inspire to go to console and everything. So I yeah. I would love to see what they they intend to do from here. Um, especially because one thing I love that they said about their game is that you're gonna have to figure out what to do. Uh, like the game is gonna give you clues and there's gonna be NPCs to talk to and stuff, but it's not just gonna like 
map out the entire game for you. So you just... here's, here's your 30 minute tutorial on how to do everything in this game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is your entire story. Here's everyone you have to talk to. Go do that. That like yep. uh, I like that about uh, some some games. Like I, I hate to it say makes Minecraft. It challenging. Minecraft. Yeah. If you don't start it with a tutorial. You have no idea that there's a storyline. Exactly. There's I, a storyline. I remember playing it back in its beta version, and I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I had to figure that Someone shit out. Someone tells me, yeah. there's a dragon you gotta beat, and I'm like, what? Where did you get that out of it? And I've done it since then. Yeah. And um, and then there's another game like Terrarium or Terrarius. Or Terraria and Terraria. even Ark. Yeah, and it doesn't tell you what to do, but you eventually end up finding... Uh, exactly, and, and it and makes it challenging, and yeah. that's what video games were always supposed to be about, is to challenge yeah, you, because yeah. some of the first ones were text-based, and it was meant to make you think, like, how do I get out of the situation? Yeah. This is just the uh, logical progression of I that. I miss those games. Yeah, actually, uh, fun fact, our mom, uh, the first computer we ever got in the house was one of those that it was, it, there was no, like, desktop or anything, it was all, like, text file searching yeah. and shit and it had one of those text-based games it. on it uh i oh, can't remember yeah. what it was can't That's remember awesome. what it was for the life of me but yeah we we, we got to play some of those text-based games but yeah anyways andy derek if you're hearing this please uh get in contact with us you can uh message us on the sort of my comics page sort of my brand page you can uh email us sort of my brand at gmail.com uh we'd love to talk to you and uh, find out what your plans are further on this whole thing and uh maybe the illustrious 10 listeners of ours will uh will get the word out there yeah. for you so <laughs> fortunately whatever goes down with them they're not gonna have to deal with this next story uh which ooh, i'm red hot about this one i'm red fucking hot about this one you know i've, I've finally reached a breaking point with this Basically, all right, here's the story. Uh, Rhode Island House State Representative uh, Robert uh, Nardilolo. What a uh, let, Let's just call him Robert Nards. Uh, Nards. You know, because uh, I don't like him. <laughs> let's call, call him Robert Nards. Uh, good old R. Nards. <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, has plans to raise the tax. <laughs> on uh, M or higher rated video games by 10%. He said in a statement, there is evidence that children exposed to violent video games at a young age tend to act more aggressively than those who are not. But of course, he didn't provide any sources to back up this claim. And just to give old Arnards his his <laughs> due, uh, a man who is 94% approved by the NRA, <laughs> he intends to use the funds for mental health provisions in schools uh, and went on to say, the bill will give schools an additional resource needed to help students to deal with that aggression in a positive way. And here's what I got to say about this. Here's what I have on this. Fucking do it. Please, please fucking do it. Do it in every goddamn state so that we can finally put this fucking, what, 30-year-old conversation about video games being the, the cause of these situations to bed. Because it's not that. It really fucking is not that. You know what? I play a game almost every fucking day just to let off some steam called Injustice, Gods Among Us. And that doesn't mean I'm about to just walk out into the fucking street and start fist fighting the next per person I see just to, because I need to work something out. Yeah. One of my you favorite know? games is a guy strapping on a chainsaw and going through this town, chopping <laughs> a lot of people up. Mm. 
You know, and perfect, I mean, I'm very chill. Perfect example. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Since Grand oh, Theft Auto yeah. 3. I'm so glad you brought my that My favorite up. thing it's to do in fun. Grand Theft Auto, and I can't describe, I, I couldn't tell you why I love doing this, but for it's some reason, it's a human instinct. Well, it gets a huge, <laughs> hilarious laugh out of me, is I will, I will steal a car, and then I will block off traffic and wait for like 15 cars to pile up. And then it'll just lob grenades into them. <laughs> it just yeah, cause the, havoc. It, the chaos that ensues and everything that yeah. just... The, the domino effect from that. But here's the thing. Never, ever, once in the... Like, however long I have left on this earth, ever going to do that in real life. Okay. Not yeah. once. No, in, uh, no impulse to. But I love <laughs> it in that game. Now... Yeah. <laughs> I have done multiple reports on video games, video game violence, uh, ESRB ratings, the reason they're in place, uh, so many different things involving video games, uh, and this stems from, as a teenager, I watched a video, and it was like the yearly video game report card, and it was around the time of Grand Theft Auto 3. Now, what they were showing was this kid who looked no older than 10 to 12 years old playing Grand Theft Auto, explaining what he's doing. And he explains to to this group of professional individuals that he just pulled a man out of a car and stole his vehicle and picked up a hooker and had sex with the hooker. And when she left the car, Jesus. he killed the hooker to get his money back. I've now, done that many times now, in the game as well. let me... So. This is a child. Yeah, there cool. is yeah. no reason for that child to be playing this game. Now, where the blame lies, is it on the child for playing the game, or is it on the parent for ignorantly buying the game for their child, or letting their child play their own copy of this game unsupervised, or knowingly letting their child play the game, knowing that this content is in the game? And I think there's another <clears throat> layer to that, though. I, I think there's a layer to that, that if they do buy the game for this kid it, it's the parents job to at least like instill no. in them that this shit is not cool like right you don't do this like you know? it seems like that's where... i mean they shouldn't be buying that game for the 10 right. year old but but it seems still. like that's where like this guy is coming from is it's like young children are playing violent video games yeah you've got what sounds like an eight-year-old on xbox live playing call of duty saying that he fucked your mom last week <laughs> yeah. you know that is a very common joke to be made yeah. but it happens and the thing is is these games are being bought for these kids because these kids know and think that playing these first-person shooter games and playing these other games are cool they want to play with their friends and mm -hmm. everything else mm -hmm. and then you let them get online and they start interacting with people three times their age online picking up those mannerisms none of this falls on the child now at our local GameStop, they have refused sales like they will ask for id and they will also explain, Damn. yeah, Good because yeah. you have to be 17 to buy an M-rated game. They have yeah. denied 16-year-olds the sale of a Call of Duty game. Yeah. Now, uh, oh, one of so them, much rage, eh? <laughs> well, one of them was telling me that a mother and her child, uh, he was he was telling me like the kid was like probably around 10 to 12, came in to buy him a couple of games, Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. And the cashier, he explained to them, it was like, 
you do know what these games are about, right? And the mom's like, no, he just said he wants them. Completely oblivious parent knows nothing in about a, games. In a day and goddamn age when we have Google at our, mm-hmm. our fingertips. And, I, like, I feel like I find myself saying this in response, like, personally in response. I, I rarely ever, like, go on a tangent on anyone online. But my personal response is always, fucking Google it. Right. Just Google it. It's, go- it's Google. But, it's right there. I, how many times did I have to fucking Google shit just for this show? Like, well, come on. And then, like, the show though, is, has no consequences whatsoever. You gotta think, though, Susie Homemaker, she don't know shit about video games. Her kid, they bought him Oh, but the, I bet the she has new the newest Xbox. iPhone. Oh, she So can, she can Google shit. Well, she's got the newest iPhone. Her husband works construction, so he's gone you know, 12 hours a day, so to keep the kids busy so that she can have her three glasses of wine in the afternoon. Slap some GTA the, in there. Well, bought him the brand new Xbox for Christmas. Well, he's already played the games that he got, There's so no, now he needs yeah. these. There's no excuse. I mean, She's it, not going to look these up. I have Grand Theft Auto Five, and, and just looking at the cover from that, any parent should yeah. know, my kid shouldn't be playing this. Right. You know, you know what I bought my kid because he really wanted it? It was fucking, like, uh, what is it, Madden... 14 or whatever yeah yeah i bought him a couple others since then too i i don't follow sports uh as evidence of my comic book podcast you should probably google that baby because (laughs) i mean oh god (laughs) if you don't know about the the cashier explained these games to the mom mom didn't buy the kid the games yeah and and that's where like the responsibility is on the yeah, and, and that's where a lot of this is. Like, there are adult-only rated games. There are yeah. very few of those, yeah. but those are there. Mature rated, and they explain in that ESRB rating block, they explain to you why it is rated as such. Well, and you also have to think, the reason this is being put into place, not to get too political on on our Nerd News podcast, but is... Every time this comes up, it's because of a shooting. It's yeah. primarily school shootings and stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised Eminem isn't getting attacked again about about his, uh, his <laughs> right. LP. And, and these things are terrible and tragic, and there are conversations to be had about them, but video games is not that conversation. Because it's never like a 12-year-old going in there. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a it's basically an adult. Usually, it's uh, I think maybe uh, what once or twice it was a sixteen year old, but yeah. it's usually seventeen and up. It, it's not about the video games. It really it, it right. isn't about the video games. But they need it's not about the movies. They well they do, and that's why I'm saying pass it, please. Get your fucking jollies off on this because mm-hmm. like it, it may be a little bit of a hard fight, but eventually we can get the shit overturned. But just for the long haul, let's all bear this fucking weight just to show them it's not that. Well, yeah. You know, because it's going it, to, it, as fucking much as I hate it, it's going to happen again. And if we we just go ahead and pass this in all 50 states right now, we can get this argument done and over with for fucking yeah. ever. And I mean, hopefully. think about it. A, a 10% price increase on a $60 game is $6. Yeah. So increasing the cost of a game of six dollars, the people who are buying these yeah, games. Yeah, but you also got to think about what that does to the developers and the distributors and shit. They're gonna freak out about that. You know, yeah. they're like me personally. I so rarely buy a, a brand new video game that I I wouldn't mind paying the extra six dollars if I'm that committed to buying it. Obviously, yeah. it's got something I want. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> but 
uh, like sp- the the next game I'm really adamant about buying is the Spider-Man PlayStation Four yeah. game. So, so yeah, I'll pay a six extra dollars yeah. for that. But really, it's not going to hurt the industry too much. No. I mean, you're going to hear a little outcry, but it's not going to hurt the industry. It's going to show them that they're wrong. Please do it. Please do it in all states. Uh, like any state representative that yeah. is listening right now, or <laughs> you know, because we, we know, know we, we, got, we know you're out there. Yeah, we know you're out there. Uh, please do it. Please fucking do it. I'll call. I'll call all of them. I don't care. What, that's fifty phone <laughs> Listen calls. Listen to the podcast and then... those fifty phone calls and make them all Saturday. We'll do that. <laughs> so, uh, please pass this so you fucking assholes can focus on something that's real and makes sense and might actually stop children from dying. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was the uh, the last big story we had for the day, and uh, I mean there there are a lot of stories to cover and that is why we like to take a dip into the phone booth it's time for the news the phone booth news that's right guys it's time for phone booth news the uh, segment where we try to give you the news faster than deadpool can save the day which gives us roughly three minutes 45 seconds uh we get to your right place oh yep right there it is and uh, so whenever you're right away we go in video game news, Ghostbusters World, a mobile AR game uh, similar to Pokemon Go, is coming to Android and iOS this year. The American release of Detective Pikachu finally has a trailer, and the game releases March 23rd on 3DS. Ever played Donkey Kong 3, The Great Counterattack? It's likely you haven't, since it was only released on PC in Japan in 1984. Check out the Nintendo-era YouTube channel to find out how to play that game yourself. In TV news, The Walking Dead is further pushing the TV envelope by featuring their first fully nude zombie this season. A Blair Witch Project television series is headed to Netflix from Lionsgate Studio L. Also coming to Netflix on April 13th is Lost in Space, the trailer for which is out now. The site Yakface unearthed four new Disney trademarks for Star Wars Resistance and many are theorizing it may be an animated series set during the sequel trilogy. The Muppets are also getting a new series from Disney, which will premiere on their upcoming streaming service. The first look at Brainiac from Sci-Fi's Krypton is out, and it looks stunningly comic accurate. In random other news, the once popular horror comic magazine Fangoria is making its return to to print, and the first issue is set to drop this fall, just in time for Halloween. The multi-time WWF Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett was recently announced as the next inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame. And Barbara Streisand has her had her 14-year-old dog cloned last year and owns two identical puppies what? named Violet and Scarlet. James Gunn has just released Awesome Makes Volume Zero, a soundtrack compiling the songs he plays on the set of both Guardians of the Galaxy films. Uh, grab your copy now on iTunes. And on March 8th, Mark Hamill will become the 2,630th celebrity to receive a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In movie news, the trailer for The Last Jedi Home Release is out. Episode 8 is on Blu-ray and 4K March 27th and on digital March 13th. John Williams overtly told class, uh, Classical KUSC that he will be leaving the Star Wars franchise after Episode 9. 
Disney and Marvel Studios have released dates for six untitled Marvel films spanning from May 2021 to July 2022. But unfortunately, Disney has also announced their uh, live-action Mulan film will be pushed back to March 27, 2020 uh, from its November 2018 release date. Not long after it was announced that Cheetah would become a main villain in the Wonder Woman 2, uh, it was also reported that Kristen Wiig is in talks to take the role. One hopes that this is all just an SNL sketch. <laughs> in <laughs> comics news, following the Sandman's 30th anniversary, DC and Neil Gaiman plan to launch an entire Sandman universe with four titles to start, including Lucifer. Uh, but while four titles rise, one falls, with Tomasi's Super Sons being cancelled after its 16th issue on sale May 30th. The same day, the Super Sons slash Dynamut special number one is released. Black Panther writer Ainahanasi Coates will I spell that out for myself. We'll be taking over the Captain America title as part of Marvel's fresh start. I feel really bad about that. The Cosmic Ghost Rider, aka Frank Castle of the Future, first appearing in Thanos number thirteen, will be getting his own series. No dates have been announced. Uh, Jackson, the green space rabbit that almost destroyed the Star Wars comics franchise, is officially Star Wars canon once again as of this spring's Star Wars Adventures. Uh, Reed Pop, the organizers of the events like uh, Emerald City Comic Con and a little thing known as New York Comic Con, have announced the first Comic Con Africa, set to run from September 14th to September 16th, and that's the news. Yep. 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 420! Ha! <laughs> All right, guys, you know what that means. <laughs> that means that you were so, obviously open up lit up during that, or else you would have made the timer. <sighs> Holy shit. I just shit. have one thing to say about that. Not mm. only did The Walking Dead overshadow the season three premiere of Ash vs. Evil Dead for season three. <laughs> but there was a freaking naked zombie. I love Nobody all, watched that I love all that news and I'm going to let you finish. But first of all, I'm going to say Walking Dead. <laughs> the Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, no, well, yeah. no, it wasn't in the premiere episode. It's going to be the season. It's, I don't oh, think it hasn't happened. The premiere oh. episode was... Uh, uh, spo- <laughs> Is everyone prepared for spoilers on that? Hmm. I don't, you, 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 I don't, you don't care. All right. Nobody, uh, no death. That's all I'm saying. Spoilers? No. Motherfucking Carl's dead. Oh, actually. So I'm, I'm telling and you. And it was a real sad goodbye. I haven't. Oh. Sad goodbye. I haven't seen it. I, I have heard that it is heart wrenching. I haven't watched any of this season or last season. Yeah. I scrolled well, past an article that straight up says Well, not usually, but last season just couldn't grab me. But I've heard what's happened, and I've heard exactly how the last bit of this episode transpired. And I'm like, no, no, he's not dead, because you haven't seen his dead body. You haven't seen him in the grave. No. If you watch the episode, I watched you know. No. Anyways, guys, you can check out those and any <laughs> other, uh, uh, and so many more great stories on. Off so-, so many people with that spoiler. <laughs> Moment and so many other great, <laughs> great stories on the Sort of My Comics Facebook page, which I don't think we've mentioned that much this episode. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned it enough. Uh, yeah, no, no. That's a, that's a, a real obscure one. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, so that's going to lead us into um, 
a more somber topic for us. Uh, a section of the show that we call Fallen Heroes. Doesn't come up often. When it does, we tip our hats. Uh, well, every now and again, uh, and again, a legend is born. But before they can become a legend, they must pass through this mortal coil and become Fallen Heroes. And that's why we have this segment. So first off here, we have uh, one of the champions of the Batman film franchise and producer of almost every Batman project from Tim Burton's 1989 adaptation to last year's Justice League, Benjamin Melnicker, who passed away on February 26th at the age of 104. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and even working on Justice League last year. That's... Mm -hmm. Amazing. So, uh, he's left behind a lot of projects. His his thumbprint on uh, on everything we've we've loved past and uh, present. So he won't be forgotten anytime soon. Oh, that's for sure. Not. Uh, fortunately, still with us though is Kevin Smith, who also on the twenty sixth uh, suffered a massive heart attack. Uh, he's home now and has actually chosen to start veganism. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I, I noticed vegan. in one of his posts, he said that he may consider it. Uh, he did undergo a massive lifestyle change within the past few years. He well, dropped. yeah, and I wanted to bring that up because Boba Fett kind of kind of called me out a little bit on a post. <laughs> I said it was time to drop the Fat Man in Fat Man on Batman. Um, now, my, my reasoning behind that, and I hope Bob is listening. <laughs> It'll just be man on Batman. <laughs> on Batman. <laughs> I don't know why does that not work. Living Anyways, man yeah. on Batman. Um, <laughs> and, uh, no, the reasoning I, I had behind that was uh, the the way he talks about his lifestyle and the way he, he conducts himself these days didn't sound like he was still keeping up that regimen. I know he, he had cut out sugar and he was doing all this and all that. But just, I mean, I listened to every Fat Man on Batman episode, and I listened to uh, every now and again I'll pop in on uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and uh, Hollywood Babylon, and it just sounded to me like he had dropped that for whatever reason. Uh, it, it was never outright stated, so it was all speculation on my part, but... Uh, yeah, Bob. Anyways, that was my reasoning for for you to come in and, and po- point out that he'd been living a healthy life. We talk to Bob a lot when he's not here. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's, we it's... talk to Bob a lot when we're alone by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah. like, hey, Bob. Just, uh, I need you now, Bob. Where you been, man? <laughs> um, and then a new movie comes out, and, and we see him at the theater. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, th- this was... When I saw this pop up on Facebook and Instagram and all that, mm-hmm. I, I I had a moment, and I'm oh, like, yeah. "Oh shit!" It was a scare. Yeah. yeah, like like because it pops up and it's Kevin Smith with like the oxygen tube going to his nose, the hospital gown, and all you're that. thinking, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, like uh, "So you read the thing, and it's like, holy shit!" And at his age, uh, what he's forty six. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, he was in the yeah, middle well, of a stand-up, man. Well, no, well, he was in like, the middle of a stand-up when he first felt it, and then he right. canceled his second show. That's right, yeah. And I and guess it was... They uh, said that if he wouldn't yeah. have canceled his second show, he would have died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like, 100% absolutely. blockage or something like that. Yeah. The Widowmaker. I actually yeah, heard it on the radio talking. the next day, like... It's, it was oh, booming. really? It was booming yeah. in my world, the news was. <laughs> because, like, I was scrolling one night, and I'm the one who posted it on the page... 
And then uh, the next yeah. day, um, uh, yeah, I hear it on the radio, and one person's like, uh, you know, you, you don't know what, what's going on inside you right now. Technically, you don't. You don't yeah. know if you have zero blockage or what. Right. So, I mean... I mean, it could happen to anybody, so, you know, just take a trip to the doctor. We're glad he's still (laughs) with us, that's for sure. And uh, finally, our best wishes go out to Stan Lee and his family, because recently Stan has canceled many of his uh, con appearances due to an ongoing battle with pneumonia. Which, at his age? Yeah, that does not mix well with a 95. This past year's been hell. Well... For, yeah, like, it seems. I mean, it seems like he's playing it super cool to the media, but yeah. like it may be a lot more serious. And and you can you can hear us talk a little bit more about that on a past episode. We're not going to go into all that right yeah. now. Yeah. Just the the shit that he's been going through. But, and then, but he was in a. Uh, I think our last episode thirty three. Every other episode, uh, we're talking about Stanley. Yeah, it, it yeah. seems. I mean, it, so. it, it's getting that serious because you got to think when someone that old loses a spouse of that many years, they. Don't last more than a we couple went of into years that, yeah. yeah, the science so, behind it, really. And and you're seeing now with the pneumonia onset, like as hard of a time as he's having with that. Yeah, um, we're hoping for the best, though. Oh yeah, yeah, we're hoping for the best. We we try to be a little realistic around here. We don't want to, we don't want to just say, "Oh, Stan's gonna die," and be so facetious like that. But nah, um, Stan's immortal. <laughs> Well, he will be, that's for sure. Like, oh, yeah. He's got 1,000 more he Marvel be... cameos coming up. I was going to say, he will now? forever be immortalized. I think he did actually just... 1,000 cameos? I, no, 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 none of those. I think he, he did recorded pre- a lo- pre-recorded a lot of cameos. Yeah, he, he's done a few. Why do you think they did it? Stanley's immortal. <laughs> he came from the future. He came from the future. That's why he did it. <laughs> Shut up, Travis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, oh God, I, don't, I don't like to end this segment on a laugh. That's a that's a bad thing, I think. Uh, but whatever, it's there. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, our uh, our thoughts go out to the families of uh, all of these individuals. Uh, we we hope two of them are with us for a long time to come. Yeah. Uh, we're sad that one of them had to leave, but that is our following heroes segment, and that uh, actually takes us into. The thing that brings us all to the table, um, comic books, which I think we can all agree we're pretty much married to at this point, right? Yeah. 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 I I would save my comics before I'd save my wife. Well, that is why we have decided to restructure our comics section uh, of this podcast like we were talking about on episode 33, and uh, we are going to be... I did steal this from you, so I'll let you tell him, (laughs) Odal. The new structure that we're going with is something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Exactly. Now, for our something old, that is going to be me. That is that is my area of expertise in this podcast, I guess. Mr. Old. For the something new, that's where I will be reading a recent number one issue released by any given publisher that I can find. Exactly. Uh, the something borrowed is a fan review well it will be if we get anyone to actually submit anything this time we are going to be quoting a review from ign because i did not want to give up on this idea right away uh so if you're listening please uh, submit for future episodes your little synopsis review of a comic book and i know then our something blue is 
we are going to have Dr. T. Neal pick something out of the blue, just a random book yeah. off his shelf, out of his box, and that's what he's going to give us a synopsis of. Hell, he can grab anything out of these boxes behind me. I'll grab your box. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> now, wait a second. This Watch is an out. SMC <laughs> after dark. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Watch so out, we, folks, uh, I'm coming for you. We boxes. got some zombie tramp in the works now. Is that... <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, we're going to do sex criminals all night. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be our new format here. And uh, since it starts out with something old, that's going to be me. And uh, I'm going to be covering 1962's Amazing Fantasy Number 15, uh, this little ditty written by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, uh, with art by Ditko as well, uh, is much like many comics of the time and prior. Uh, this book actually contains more than just one story, but rather than talking about the bell ringer, man in the mummy case, or there are Martians among us, I'd rather focus on Spider-Man, the, uh, the more well-known character from this series. In the Origins issue featuring the first appearance of Spidey, we get much of what we've come to know by heart with Peter Parker being bitten by the radioactive spider, the wrestling match, Uncle Ben's death. But it's the subtle differences between what's in this book and what we know to be the lore today that interests me the most. For instance, I, I had no idea Spider-Man had become a TV sensation or that the narration is actually the first one to say, with great power comes great responsibility, uh, rather than Uncle Ben, which is what we all know mm -hmm. today. It's a little fast-paced, uh, but that's kind of the norm for most Gold and Silver Age books, so I can forgive yeah. that. But ultimately, it's a fun story uh, till it hooks you with kind of a dramatic twist. That is actually kind of surprisingly dark for a costumed hero book of this era. I really enjoyed it. My copy was a uh, reprint, so uh, like, so I can't speak to like the the, the uh, charm of the ads and stuff. Like when I was reading Action Comics yeah. number one, that was a full on reprint. This came with an action figure, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty great book. I I especially. Love the artwork in this. Steve Ditko, um, little ahead of his time, while actually kind of fitting right into that era too. It was the gray area, you know, right before we got to that like modern heroes era that reformed Batman for us and mm -hmm. and made gave Superman a mullet, you know. <laughs> so good times. Yeah, good times. So I I can't suggest this anymore uh if you if you can get your hands on a copy of a reprint because uh, you know if you if you can get your hands on a copy of the original you're probably not listening to this shit so, <laughs> so, I, I do believe they within recent years did a true believers reprint of amazing fantasy 15 well there you go yeah yeah so, track that down uh that was like those sell for like a dollar i'm sure like even if someone marked it up you're paying like five bucks so yeah worth it worth it for this story and uh, that's going to go ahead and lead us into something new, which is Odal covering something new from this week. Uh, this week, uh, DC has been bringing about their new age of heroes. They've been advertising it heavily, several new titles. Uh, this week, however, we were given The Terrifics, uh, which as soon as I saw this, just the title alone, I knew 
what one thing was coming, and it's Mr. Terrific. Yeah. And he has his own team in this book. The team kind of forms in this book. Yeah. But uh, it's it takes place what I feel is after the events of the Metal storyline. Well, it kind of has to, because I, Plastic Man's a part of that story, right? Right. Yeah, so, and, and Plastic and Man plays into Metal pretty heavily. Well, we're still two issues away from the end of the main Metal storyline. Mm-hmm. So we still have seven and eight. Now... I don't know what's going to happen in those. They have said that Plastic Man is a key element, and I feel like this book may give some of that away. So I feel like this book may have been released too early and gives us a little bit of insight as to what's going to happen. But if this takes place in, like, current time of, like, okay, Metal Number 6 is out, and this takes place like during the time of Metal Number Six is out. This is in line with that. Okay, that works. So hopefully that's where this falls into place. So it feels a little preemptive. It could be. Yeah. Like it really just depends on where this book is falling in line with everything, because it even states it's it's a Dark Knight's metal book. Yeah. Now it seems like this is going to lead into something very critical. Uh, for the with, entirety of the DC universe. Yeah, because, like, Plastic Man Reawakening has been foretold to be a very critical moment, especially in the Metal storyline, and he's going to be a critical character in what's coming in DC. So okay. if this is that first moment of, like, these key moments, then this is definitely something that you want to read check out so that you can start on this i guess new journey with these new age of heroes it wasn't the worst thing i've read uh plastic man was a lot of fun reading yeah uh i've never been a big fan of plastic man like uh you know he's plastic man he's kind of a jerk kind of i always felt like he was the kids party version of deadpool (laughs) I, I mean, yeah. I mean, he he's very he's full of you know the wisecracking jokes, yeah, and all that. Uh, very self centered, and all that. But... Although he does predate Deadpool, so if anything, Deadpool is the more extreme version of Plastic Man. So, you know, it was fun. It's okay. not the worst thing I've ever read, and that's out now. Yeah, like, that just, just came, out came out this last week. So, so, so track yourself down a copy of that if you want to know what's uh, what's coming up in the DC universe. Yeah, I guess. like I yeah. feel like this is going to have a big lead into something. Cool. All right, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to something borrowed, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, we had to kind of borrow that because nobody got involved. We borrowed our something borrowed. <laughs> we borrowed our something borrowed. Uh, this article is about, uh, is a review for Spectacular Spider-Man number 300 by Jesse Sheedon of IGN.com. Uh, now I have paraphrased most of this, so I've kind of cut it together to be a little more time efficient. (laughs) This issue marks the first of two big numbering milestones the Spider-Man franchise will be celebrating this spring. Unfortunately, take away the number 300 on the cover, and the only thing truly noteworthy about this comic is its length. In terms of dramatic stakes and emotional investment, the storyline is falling disappointingly flat. Spidey and his fellow heroes find their own tech wiped out, 
even as an army of tinkerer-boosted villains swoop in for the kill. That, in turn, fuels a larger doomsday scenario later in the story. Some might argue this is all too big for, Sp- uh, for a Spider-Man comic, dragging the hero out of his comfort zone to deal with challenges above his pay grade. I don't put much stock in that criticism as Dan Slott's Spider-Man run has regularly proven that it's possible to push the character in strange, unlikely news directions and still maintain the core of Spider-Man. The trick is in the execution, which Zdarsky's story is stumbling. Uh, the scope is vast, but the issue does a poor job of actually making a reader care about the events within. Nor does the muddled artwork do much to inject extra life into the story. Spectacular Spider-Man number 300 is far from the anniversary special this hero deserves. This issue embodies many of the reoccurring flaws with this run, as it focuses on building empty spectacle rather than telling the earnest, character-driven stories Chip Zdarsky, Zdarsky does so well. The excellent backup tale only highlights how big a miss the main story is. Wow. Yeah. That's disappointing. That is a scathing, disappointing review for yeah. a much anticipated an- anniversary issue. Well, now I won't have to pick it up. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so I think uh, this. this <laughs> if writer, I ever get a chance. I think Jesse here has uh, pretty much conveyed that uh, this is not worth the read. You well, really yeah. don't have to read it. This 300 milestone definitely does not live up to the amazing 300 milestone. <laughs> Uh, you mean uh, the oh well yeah the uh, old school one that was that was an epic issue right there. Yep. Uh, as I hear the eight hundredth issue is supposed to be pretty damn great. That's coming that's, up soon. That's what I'm hearing. It's coming up soon. So now we're gonna go ahead and reach for something out of the blue with uh, mm. Doctor T Nail's diagnosis of mm. what book. Well, it's a little more mainstream than you would think this time. It's actually Kingdom Come. Whoa! <laughs> uh, a book I totally looked over for years. I let my son play with the book as a child. Yeah. And eventually, I picked it up and put it in my collection. Then I finally read it, and I loved it. It's a four-issue comic, uh, made in 1996. And it's under their Elseworlds imprint, written by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Epic team. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love this. Beyond. Uh, it was painted in gouache watercolor paint wow i have no idea what you just said but yeah. it sounds great <laughs> well i looked into it because i knew it was watercolor and i loved it but i've i've seen this word gouache before and i hadn't really known now i can say it um <laughs> but uh the story uh takes place like 20 years after the main superheroes like prime and um what's happening at this point is all the superheroes have basically retired because and over time most of the uh like, their children, and then other metahumans, they're taking a whole different outlook on being heroes. They're not doing the same thing that these classic Golden Age characters were doing. And um, they're causing more trouble than anything. They're not paying attention or having much sympathy for, like, civilization or what they're doing to it. Uh, they're just there to sometimes fight each other, fight villains, basically. It, it, it's really great the way they work it all, like, in the artwork and the story. But anyways... uh Wonder Woman approaches Superman and basically gets him back out of his funk and realizes that he needs to get his groove back. No, um, he needs to, you know... Uh, Superman got his groove back. Right. He, uh, yeah, he comes back uh, donning um, a new suit. It's black underneath the S because he stands for something new this time. It's for order. He's basically wanting to uh, change 
the way that all these uh, metahumans are now. Basically, the whole story uh, is tied together with uh, our protagonist, who is a, a priest, who starts re- receiving visions about all this stuff, and it's all tied into biblical prophecies. And uh, the whole story comes into this giant civil war between the Golden Age heroes and these new heroes, and um, the protagonist is, you know, just this regular guy. He's the one who is uh, faced with like the question of. Who does? Who's wrong here? Are yeah. the superheroes uh, wrong? Is the Earth wrong? Or I mean, humans wrong? And uh, you know, it's, he's like, it's not up to me and everything. And they so they give it some time. Basically, the whole situation works Mark itself out. He knows how to sit on a fence. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it all come. It all gets wrapped up real neatly. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since I had picked up the book, I was getting a Watchmen feel, and I think I, you know where I'm going with this. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, then this might blow your mind. A lot of it actually is inspired by Watchmen. Okay, I got that. Uh, I got that feel, especially um, there's a panel that shows a bunch of books in a store, and one of them is uh, Under the Hood by Hollis Mason. And then later on, I'm I'm searching. Uh, I you know I'm reading, and by the I flip a page, and my li- eyes lock straight on Rorschach. He's in this book. He's in the book. Yes, I can show Wait it to you right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I had to look it up. We can cut the wait time out if if it takes a moment, but yeah, I, I looked it up too, and uh, yeah, here he is, right there in a trench coat and a hat, and I'm pretty. Oh wow! But we also have the shadow and Sherlock Holmes and Rorschach. That is amazing. All standing next to each other in Kingdom Come. <laughs> all right, and uh, yeah, look at that. The, this the artwork and everything for this story is all amazing. Like you wouldn't notice this skeleton that's following the narrator uh, or the protagonist through most of it because it doesn't come up till later so like i, I went back in the book i'm like i noticed this guy because i seen this panel yeah and it looks like he sees him and he does and i'll be i was you know this is all well thought out everything i just love the watchman references of course there's tons more just about every panel has some sort of reference or uh that's influenced very, God, by I the Bible, work, or it's such a well thought out, well cared for story. Some of the uh, there's a car from Su- uh, Superman the movie in here. Oh like he God. pulls references for picture, uh, a comic shop in Chicago um, that he used to go to. All kinds of stuff. That's and um, it was it was a great book. I'm glad I saved it from my uh, son's toy box for sure. And and I mean just <laughs> the artwork in general, being Alex Ross oh. is. This is my first, um, my first exposure, because didn't um, some of the um, covers for the uh, single issues wasn't that the uh, inspiration for some of the Justice League photos? Yes, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That that's kind of what got me into. It. I was like, oh, I recognize that those, picture. Those like hyper realistic pictures we've seen a million right. times on social media. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Uh, it all it was all awesome. I loved it, and yeah. this is my first Elseworlds or Elseworlds book too. Really, that's the first one. I don't think I've read any others. Oh, I've got so many. Like isn't uh, like Gotham by yeah? Gaslight? There's Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Cal. After reading this, just, I want to check them out. Uh, I'm glad my first one being picked up was basically like reading The Watchmen. This is a good point to uh, to drop this out to to get out of here and shut this whole thing down. Just we're done with the show, right? Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thanks out. for thanks for tuning into our final episode of Sort of My Podcast. Now you know it's been a great ride. You know what? I can't let it go. Reinstated right now. Reboot. Oh. Rebooted. 
rebooting. This is our fresh start now. Casting is going to uh, be a big. All new, all different <laughs> rebirth the initiative. Next episode is going to be number one. <laughs> Right? Yeah. From now on, we're just restarting at the end of every New episode. <laughs> the way I see, even though everyone's complaining about it, Marvel's still in business. So. My new, my new uh, name's gonna be Bone Crusher. Like <laughs> Travis Bone Crusher Herman. Yeah, Bone Crusher Herman. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be Vin the Teenial Herman. <laughs> Vin the Teenial. <laughs> you know, I liked the whole Teenial part. I'm taking it. Vin, you're not using it. Vin anyway. the Alpha Neil. Human. <laughs> the Avenue human. That's me. There you go. Uh, we've obviously bored out all with our banter. Oh, a little yawn that, in the My bad there. for working Saturdays. This is and your only Sundays. job. We can, go, we can go tip for tat on that one. But, uh... <laughs> So, well, we don't want to talk about that. What we really want to talk about is uh, you guys liking this episode if you liked it, subscribing if you loved it, and commenting any of your thoughts on today's stories, and uh, of course, sharing. Sharing, again, is the only way we can get this thing out in front of people. Only way we can get new listeners. We like to make you the illustrious 11, illustrious 12, illustrious yeah. 20, illustrious 100, you know, and grow it from there. But, uh, we that need a bigger helps. fan base so we can come up with a nickname, you know. We need, you nickname know, for uh, the podcast? Yeah, the followers. Oh, no, no. We, we, they're the Sodomites. I know it sounds oh, like yeah. I know it sounds yeah. like Sodomites, but we're going to go with it. I, I like it. Think of that I like it so much that... Oh, this is, okay. We're we're gonna officiate it here by actually using it in its context. All of our sordomites out there, this is our call to action. If you enjoy this episode, even just a tiny little bit, share it. If you enjoy any of our posts on Sword of My Comics, share it. You know, uh, simple, interesting visions is always posting cool shit. Sordomites, get out there, share it. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Travis Herman, Dr. T. Neal. James Odell, Alpha Spectre. And we're going to go ahead and share that badass outro music. 